All right. Well, welcome everybody who is here and thank you for being here today. We are um, continuing on to a new semester. It's exciting and I think we've learned a lot and that's kind of the point of today. So as you can see from our little outline today, we're approaching things a little bit differently. My name is Kason O'Neill and I'm an associate professor of Pete uh, at East Tennessee State University. And I'm here with a couple of my colleagues uh, and you're all my colleagues, but we have worked together and we said, you know what? We think this Pete group just needs a time to share. And we've had a lot of great themes and some amazing speakers, but today's really just about you and us as a community. So just to be upfront where we're going with today, we are going to open, I'm just gonna have real quick talk about today. Um, we are going to have two different breakout sessions and it's just really going to be about what we've learned and where we went. We want to talk about uh, tech, how you handle practical experience and how did you alter instructional practice, whether it's a hybrid model or not. So our two breakout sessions today are going to be 10 minutes in length and we're going to come back and kind of report back. What are some highlights you learned from your peers? The first session is gonna be looking back and we're gonna to attempt to have you stay looking back. What did you learn? What worked? What did not work? And then we're gonna report back and then maybe what you've heard, what you're planning for this semester. The second breakout is looking ahead. Where do you wanna do, what you wanna dif do differently in your program, your classes. Um, and it's really just a time for us to share. So we're gonna have a couple breakout groups, uh, smaller groups, so we can just have a time to talk. And um, I do wanna note um, that where we come from, uh, COVID hit us hard kind of in February, March of last year. And our group, we have a group of uh, our P Collaborative, which I think sometimes it's best that we are just part of the group. We're just members of the P community. We said, we need a voice, a place for us to all talk. So I believe our first one was in April of last year. And every month we've kind of had these discussions. The first one was very much like, what can we do now? COVID's hit us, where do we go? And we wanna kind of revisit that today. So today's purpose is just let us talk. What have we learned in the last six months and where we need to go? Um, and when we're in our breakout sessions, I will remind you that there's kind of three overarching topics we want your breakouts to talk about. I want you to be thinking about instructional practices, right? So how did you change the way you did stuff in class? And that might even blend into number two there in the yellow. What tech tools did you learn about? I learned about a bunch just from being on these peak collaboratives, maybe some good apps that your students. And also, how are you getting your PEAT students practical experience? How are you giving them hands-on work, whether it's peer-to-peer, -peer? did you figure out something to work with students or in the community? Um, that's really just what we want to hear from you. Uh, Jen, anything to add there? Okay. So we have, um, we have 42 participants. Um, and unless anyone has a question in the chat, we are going to actually, we said we want the breakout sessions to lead group discussion. So we're going to go right into our first breakout. And just to revisit, it's going to be about the past, what you've learned, what worked, and what didn't related to instructional practice, tech tools, and practical student experience. 
and then we're going to report back and just talk. This might be a time for you to share or even just sit back and listen, but we really encourage you to engage. And there'll be, you know, probably six to eight people approximately in each group. And we're going to kind of come back and then have a community conversation. Okay, so breakout rooms um, have been created and um, I will, you'll be invited to go there and feel free to head in and um, begin your discussions. 10 minutes and we will call you back. All right, well, welcome back. Uh, those of you who made it back, um, we may have lost a couple, but that's okay. I know my group had a great conversation and really we just wanna, you know, it could be your idea or something else. Uh, what works and, and what, what was kind of a highlight of something um, your group said or even you want to share? I know we just left off and we didn't even get to finish about how valuable um, Flipgrid can be, especially with the amount of free space it's giving you now that uh, some of my colleagues, I believe Erin said she's doing a lot with it. Um, other thoughts, suggestions, we, even though if it's recycling, we want it. I think it's good for the group to hear. So if you'd like to share um, your ideas from your small group breakouts. Um, you can either post your ideas in the chat or you can raise your hand and we can unmute you so that you can speak to the whole group. Well, since it's low hanging fruit, I'll go that our group had a great discussion and I know this won't apply to every university, but I feel like over time, um, Kevin Mercer and, at Adelphi and I were talking about how our, our classes when we started a lot, we started bringing students on campus or giving them the option and both of our university allowed that, but it, it drastically improved participation. And we, we both agreed, I'm summarizing his thoughts, that just the participation went up when we were careful and he, he had extra safety precautions. He used these uh, gloves that I, I had, I thought was a great idea, but the more he brought students on campus, he thought the more they, he just, they needed it. Um, and I know that doesn't work for anyone, but I really, I really think that should be shared. Other thoughts? I see Hillary had her hand up. Hi, everybody. Uh, so in our group, we talked a little, little bit about some of just the platforms that we're using. So, um, for example, I shared that I regularly use breakout rooms and I have uh, Google Docs that I have groups. So I send students that way. And that's worked really well, um, along with Somebody mentioned Flipgrid, so I've used that with students, and I think there's a lot of really good resources out there. Uh, trouble I've had is sifting through what works best, and then also finding the time to play with it all and make sure that I am ready to teach and use it, and then also teaching students it and figuring out how it plays nicely with our university's learning management system. But um, again, breakout rooms and then Flipgrid in terms of students recording and then peer teaching because um, our university is still um, fully remote. Hillary, how do you use Flipgrid? Like if you give us an example. Oh, she can. It was Jen or whoever unmuted me. Um, so I use it either for um, if students are recording themselves and then they're sharing that with peers, but I also use it uh, when I'm demonstrating skills, so last quarter was elementary methods, so I was demonstrating how to perform a number of skills and teaching cues, et cetera. And the nice thing with that is, is you can plug text into those. Um, so I've had students use those and then they create those and get to share those with some of the local teachers because we're locally primarily still um, remote as well. And then students can use those and provide like video feedback rather than everything is 
still remote, but it's just a different way to communicate um, rather than maybe just sending a, a message or written feedback. So that's how I've used it and it's worked pretty well. I'm happy to share um, just in terms of like student engagement. So when, you know, I have students online in a Zoom call like we're doing now, um, you know, there would be times when students weren't, weren't necessarily engaged. I wasn't know if they were engaged. I didn't know if they were engaged because their cameras were off and um, they weren't really, you know, interacting in the chat or anything like that. But um, when I would give students a task to do in a breakout, and I think this was mentioned pro probably in previous um, peak collaborative meetings, but having, giving them a task that they can work on collaboratively. So the use of a Google Doc or Google slide or you name it, um, where they were all contributing to something um, and everyone was required to contribute um, on that document, kept students engaged and um, held them accountable for working in those groups. As the instructor, I would jump from group to group to group um, just to see, you know, check in on everyone. And, you know, half the time they're chatting about something else unrelated to whatever the topic was. And so having that document or slide or whatever. And I sometimes I'd set up a slideshow, a Google slideshow and, you know, assign each group um, a couple slides and they would have to work on it. And then when we come back together, you know, I would share that slideshow with everyone and then have the groups talk through what they what they created. So just having that something for them to do um, helped with <laughs> keeping them on task. So yeah, I really went back and forth with figuring out if I was going to do a synchronous or asynchronous last semester. I ended up going with synchronous with um, like mandatory amounts of meetings that they had to come in at, during the supposed class time. And it wasn't so I had a field innovation games, one of the first classes that students take. And then I had um, a methods class, which is one of the last classes they take. And they were completely different. Um, you know, the, the very beginning field innovation games, the students would show up and just really not want to be there. They went, they were there for the mandatory time and that was it. And the, um, the other one, the methods course was probably one of the best classes that I taught because we just had a discussion for that class time. And so I'm trying to find a way to kind of mimic that this semester I've gone synchronously this time. So a lot of the content will be asynchronous, but we'll meet every single week. Um, but I'm planning a lot more breakout groups and kind of case studies for them to go discuss and then come back into groups. And I think part of that is also, you know, Zoom has gotten a lot better with just sending people into breakout rooms instead of what it was in the very, very beginning. Um, so, but I, I, I also feel like it's still a struggle and I'll report out on the group that we talked about, um, talked about how students were still very resilient um, throughout all of this. They were, for the most part, um, all of us have had good experiences with them being resilient. Um, we talked a little bit about the no camera situation. And I think it's interesting because this is the only time during their lives that they're gonna have black screens. So do we fight against that? Or do we just like even for student teachers or field experience, do we just say, this is just what it is. And in 
eight months or nine months, you're going to see them in person and they can't hide behind a black screen. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think the ideas of even if they are, because the question is, are they actually engaging in anything or do they have their screen open and they've walked away? And one of the ways that we talked about that worked, uh, I think Colin brought this up, was having a shared doc on at the same time. So Google Slides or Google Sheet or something like that, that a bunch of people are working on at the same time. Um, having a slide per group, you preset it up and just have, these are the names that should be working on here. And you can just like kind of scroll up and down to see that they're actually engaging during that time, even if they wanna keep their camera off. So again, that's another pedagogical technique that we have to learn if you ran asynchronously and now you're running synchronously. Um, so, but I'll let other people talk. So if you, uh, if you have uh, comments, just raise your hand and we'll unmute. Just to follow on what Risto was saying there, and I'm really pleased to see we've got uh, three of the method students that were in my secondary methods class, um, all MAT students on this call this afternoon. And I'll just speak briefly about that experience. It was the first time we've taught this uh, methods class online. Um, it was 100% online all semester. And we, we uh, worked with one school district in a middle school and a high school that we've worked with in person in the past. And uh, we had three cooperating teachers at both sites. Um, it worked out very well overall. We learned a lot of lessons about what to do, but of course also some things that we would change. Most importantly, we learned how important uh, communication skills are and really getting to know students. We always emphasize that in person as well, but it really was punctuated last semester, just in terms of um, trying to understand where our students were learning, what their home environments were like, what their communities were like, and just what kinds of people we were, were teaching. Um, the district did not require students in the schools to keep their cameras on. And most of the time they had their cameras off, which made it very difficult for our teacher candidates to ever really feel like they knew the students they were teaching. Um, we had to be you know, out of the box thinkers and, and try to figure out ways to engage students and keep them interested. A lot of the time we weren't sure whether they were even with us, they may have had their, uh, you know, they were logged into a meeting, but we weren't sure if they were off doing something else. So using the chat function a lot and for many different purposes. And uh, of course, using the real time kinds of activities with Google Forms, Google Docs and so forth. Um, even having students send, you know, a quick video of themselves doing an activity to the teacher candidate's email and being able then to use that email, um, you know, as a way to provide feedback during the lesson time. Feedback when you can't see someone becomes really challenging. Um, we, we had to circumscribe our teaching to certain standards and, and we felt less comfortable kind of exploring the full scope of different standards and outcomes for physical education. And we're usually a lot, you know, uh, broader in our thinking about what to do in a semester. But this time we kind of focused a lot on fitness and um, on individual activities as opposed to, you know, team-based activities, group activities, social responsibility. We left a lot out. And I think we could have done more with those things and we probably would do it differently if we uh, had the chance again in the future. But overall, we learned a lot about engaging students and trying our best to get to know them in a virtual environment. And I'm just really glad that our candidates had the opportunity to still work with actual kids, even though they not, never got to see them in person. Um, a lot of the skills that people learn to, to do well, they still will, will be able to uh, transfer over to the in-person in environment. We still had to manage the class we still had to think about expectations. We still had to be clear. We still had to 
be able to demonstrate and, and, and um, you know, provide as much of a learning environment as possible. So even though the setting was different, a lot of the same important teacher functions and moves still were applicable. I know it's been mentioned in a, a past <clears throat> collaborative meeting and um, I have done a lot also with video analysis. So I scoured YouTube. I have a giant list of YouTube videos that have actual good audio and I save that file. We use Atlas, which also has, we have, um, which has about, I don't know, six, 50 or 60 phys ed videos of teaching with a decent audio. And I'm an ed TPA state. So I've been having all of my teachers because our, the parents and students already write off permission. So the students write off permission and internally we've been using those a lot to show in future classes for video analysis, watching as much teaching as I can, though it, it's not the same as Colin said of giving feedback and such. Um, I've been just trying to collect a body of videos for students to see and tagging them based on, here's a good example of feedback. Here's a good example of management. And that can all be on YouTube as well, but um, that's one thing I've tried to work on to help with the practical experience. Anybody else? Um, you can use the uh, raise hand function in the participants view. Otherwise, seems like Jamboard is something that I myself need to look more into. Does anybody have experience and wants to comment on that before? Um, I know it's a Google product, but I, I'm not familiar. All right. Any last takers before we move on to round two? Kason, I think um, Chelsea raised her hand. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and so I'll find her and un unmute. Um, I have I have Lisa unmuted. Uh, Lisa, oh, can you share about the Jamboard? Yeah, sorry, I was on mute there. So I just put a link up onto um, the board uh, onto our chat room for you. You need a Google account to create one. Your students, I believe, should not need a Google account to jump in. So if you click on here, um, you should be able to access it. And again, the nice thing about it is it, it doesn't take up much space in your Google Drive. You can leave it up there as long as you need to for other students to visit it and review what you did. Um, you can post different kinds of media. And you know, I'm sure most of you have done things in your own classroom where you actually use sticky notes. We were a big sticky note classroom. Um, and I'd like, so I'd like to have kept things as normal as I could when we transitioned from live to online. So things like working with your group partners or working with sticky notes, those were kind of you know, familiar things that students um, could fall back on. So that's why I became a fan of Jamboard and um, you know, using a few of the other um, Google apps. Uh, I also teach our, court, our programs technology class so I might have been a little ahead of the curve um, compared to, to my students. Risto, did you say, or some, Jen, one, was there one other person that wanted to comment? Yeah, I think it was Chelsea. Chelsea, do you want to share? I was just going to share what Jamboard was. Um, one of the challenges I think that we also had was student engagement. One, I live in Aberdeen, South Dakota, which is like, the middle of nowhere, South Dakota, literally. Um, and so like internet connection is actually a real challenge for our students. And if everyone's videos on that really like decreases their bandwidth and they get kicked out. 
So um, it was actually more advantageous for us to not have their video on so they would stay in the lecture versus have their video on and get kicked out. Um, and so one of the kind of tools that I've adopted is a, an app called Nearpod. Um, you can upload your um, PowerPoint lectures to it and add similar kinds of activities like Jamboard. There's a, it's a basically a Jamboard's a collaborative board. So um, you can post sticky notes on based on a question that you have. The nice part about uh, Nearpod is it um, lets, um, it gives me instant feedback on one, who's paying attention and whether or not they're participating in the activities. And then um, just kind of helps everyone kind of stay on track with what we're doing. So that's, that's just one app that I used and um, have found to be rather effective. Great, thank you everyone. So um, we're gonna move on to our next kind of 10 minute breakout. Um, and the purpose of this one, remember, uh, we're still focusing on the three main topics, was instruction, tech tools, and or practical experience. But the next 10 minutes is looking forward. What are you doing this semester? Where do you want to go? What are you going to try? Um, so we're kind of looking ahead now for the next 10 minutes, and we're going to come back and chat, and that will be the end of today. But so for the next 10 minutes, in your groups, talk about where you want to go, what you're going to try. And we will report back in a little bit. All right, welcome back, everyone. And this is our last just kind of group um, report back and see what you found. And um, here we have to say, if you want to comment on your, if you hit the participants view, you can either put it in the chat or there's a raise your hand function, either one, or we'll try to visually track you down if you want to. Um, I'm, this is not my idea, but uh, one of our, Aaron, um, said she gets all her students Google certified and I have a measurement of our class and she just sparked me. That is the way I'm going. We're, I want to get my students more experience with online pedagogy. So uh, I'm kicking off the room. I want to hear other things. What are you guys doing in the future? Where are you guys going this semester that can hopefully turn the corner or help improve student experience? Hey, wait on. Do you feel, uh, can you share what you said at the very end? I think that was a really interesting um, comment uh, that you talked about, about the group projects. Are you uh, okay to share that? Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, this is one of, one of the classes I, I have been teaching. Um, it's um, fitness and wellness class. Uh, typically, we'll, you know, talk about contents on different um, cardiovascular diseases, um, even stretching exercises, etc. all the contents that I'm teaching cover in class. I let students form different groups. They work, to, work together to develop a movie or maybe um, iMovie, using iMovie on iPhone, and there are so many apps available. Um, so they, in class, they work in groups and develop those contents and maybe next class or maybe the second half of the class that will show um, their uh, video clips, whatever the, or maybe PowerPoint slides. So, and then students will watch each other's work and also give a rating assessment, uh, assessing their peers' work. 
So that's kind of I used before for uh, for a couple of my classes, yes. Yeah, I just thought that was a, such a good idea because I haven't I haven't even thought about doing those group works because I'm so worried about they can't meet at the same time, whereas they could just put a Google slide presentation together and then share the screen and kind of work together in that way. So um, I, I just wanted you to share that because I think it was a good way to figure out how to get students to engage with each other, not just through a chat board or just like a discussion board or something that you post and they, you know, obviously get bored with it after 14 weeks of doing discussion boards. So it could be an interesting way to way to do it, whether it's video or whether it's just through a Google Slides that then they present to the rest of the class. Yeah, Case, in, in, in our group, um, there was a conversation about uh, how, I, I don't know if it was you or if it was somebody else, having students kind of investigate a different uh, uh, technologies or apps um, and then linking them to assessment and, and bringing that back to share with the, with the larger class so that you kind of have, um, you know, students uh, presenting to each other, and the, but then also to us as faculty. I mean, I, I, I'm not really the most technologically and uh, app literate person. And so um, I think that'd be a great way for not only the students to learn from each other, but also for us as faculty to, to learn from them. Um, many times I feel like they're more technologically literate than we are. Uh, I, I'm not sure uh, if you want to elaborate on that at all, Kaysen, but I, I wanted to get that out there because I thought that was kind of a really straightforward and simple idea, but one that could have kind of high impact. You, you summarize it pretty well. I've actually been doing it for a couple of years. And actually, I think Jen Krause tipped me off to this idea. I just have my measurement of out class. We, I give them a day with a partner and they have to brainstorm, research. So they research an app together. But not only do they tell the strengths and weaknesses, they have to do you know, 20 to 30 minute lesson applying it as a reviewer and showing to peer. It's just something I've been doing for a while. And uh I think I actually have Jen Krause in this room to thank for. We, I put it in the chat. Um, we call it appy hour. Mm. Students have appy hour every so often. Um, one of the things I was going to say is that we've, um, I have a small, small group in a small um, county, but I've reached out. That's where they all do their student teaching. And I reach out to the teachers and find out what they're using, what systems, the learning management system they're on. And they're all Google. So we, too, get ours Google certified. And uh, then I ask, you know, I go find out what are the apps that work best with Google so that I can get them prepared and learn those apps the best that they can. And I don't know what they all are or how they work the best. So I bring in guest speakers that do know those. Um, and that can teach those, uh, teach my students how to use them. And they prepare lessons themselves, show each other, work each other. And then they keep one big Google file that they just make go ahead and get start lessons started. And then I had teachers from all over the county come in one day and just talk to them about, they're getting, they're out student teaching now. So I had them talk to, to them about not being afraid and here's what's going on. Here's how we're doing it. And they all felt really, they all felt a lot better after just having, you know, real teachers, you know, just saying, hey, don't worry about it. We're all, you know, starting over kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, we'll be here to help you. And we don't know if we're going to be online or not. And we're going to be here, you know, kind of thing. So it was really, I just thought it was really helpful to talk to the local teachers that they're going to be seeing before they go out. I'd just like to share, um, I know there were some conversations about, students and having cameras on and things like that. And um, while 
I don't, and my colleagues don't um, require the cameras from an equity standpoint. Um, I found that this semester by adding a statement in my syllabus around dispositions, we have a, a list of uh, 12 dispositions that students are supposed to be following and achieving throughout their program. Um, I highlighted some of those dispositions around um, the idea of engagement and communication um, and those kinds of things and um, discussed it with students on the first day. Um, and Jamie, who McMullen, who's not here today, also had that conversation with her students. And we both had 100% camera on engagement the first class, um, which is a huge difference. It's about 90% more than usual. Um, and, you know, I, I basically asked students that if, um, if they felt like they couldn't have their cameras on, um, if they could just email me, they don't need to give me the reason, but just to let me know that they won't have their camera on for a particular class or whatever, they don't need to tell me why, um, but just letting me know. Um, I just think that put a little bit more responsibility on a majority of the students who were just choosing not to have their cameras on, um, not from any kind of embarrassment standpoint, but they were just uh, not engaged. Um, and so having that just that conversation of how it will improve our class interactions and how, you know, you're going to get a lot more out of it if you can um, really helped. Um, but again, it wasn't pressure and it wasn't requiring them so that students who couldn't do it, um, you know, would, wouldn't have to. Um, but there was that little bit of responsibility given that they're going to be teachers and there is that different level of responsibility for them to um, display dispositions. So I don't know if anyone else wants to share how that's gone, um, but it was really helpful for, for my students. Yeah, Jen, uh, I think Kim put in there the virtual background. We send, um, Mason has these branded um, virtual backgrounds available online, uh, downloadable, and then there's a video on how to do it through Zoom. So we just send them a link to the video on how to embed it through Zoom. And we send them like five different ones. And we just say, look, if you come into class, and you're not in a place where you want to share your background, here's how to do it. And this is how to add the Mason branded ones. So they're appropriate. And we talk to them about, you know, if they're going in and doing field experience as a part of, you know, some of the methods classes, they're going to be teaching live perhaps at the school. And if they don't want their background to be shown, you can put the Mason background on and we're totally okay with that. I think those are really good points and I'm going to steal both of those. And Lisa just commented in the chat that her camera engagement went down throughout the semester. And I, I actually found the same thing, but I'm going to steal Jen's ideas just about, especially for my seniors about professionalism, right? How many, you can't, how many meetings have us in this room? You're like, I can't have my camera off in this meeting. This is, you know, professional setting. And there's other ones where you can, but Jen, I really like that idea of talking about professionalism up front, and I'm, I'm going to steal that this semester. Any other looking forward things you want? Zoom, I heard about, here's some Zoom games. If, if Lisa wants to comment, I would love to hear about that too. But Yeah, I could give you a couple of quick ones. Um, and again, I tried doing these from day one and then threw them in. I mean, we would do a breakout room with a partner, catch a ball. I'd give them the skill, you know, let's see your best football move, um, throw and catch. 
some fitness-based activities. So they were responsible for researching and learning a fitness-based activity without equipment. They would show it to the partner. The partner would have to teach it back. We did uh, show and tell days where it's okay. You have to grab something that's an arm's length away or so, and you have to talk about it. And, you know, so kind of lighthearted things. Um, you know, so things that just didn't involve talking, but them actually having to get up and move every now and then I would, you know, get up with them and not like a Simon says, but kind of just follow me around bilateral, you know, uh, brain stuff. So I actually had to go to our faculty and encourage them to say, you know, we've got to take some movement breaks and interactive breaks as well. You know, you're, you're talking at us for an hour and a half and we're expected to just sit here and not move. Like I would never do that with my students. You know, we tell our students to get up and move. So you have to embed movement in your classes. You want them taking a break. We, we, I allow water breaks or, or just a get up and walk around the house, half time, time out break um, purposefully to get them moving. Um, but you know, to increase that camera time, um, it's making them feel safe, having fun, um, you know, so again, it could be juggling, it could be anything they have nearby, you know, stacking red cups, whatever. So That's a great idea. That's a great idea. And you made me think, and I'm just trying to keep the conversation going. I went back to, I hadn't used them in a while to cahoots and they, my students love the competition base and even just to lighten the mood, it could have been review. Uh, you know, I did one about the history of our university just to lighten the mood and they love seeing the points and, you know, ragging on each other with the points. And you're right. Lighten the mood. Cause we would never have them sit in front of a camera and lecture. That's a great, um, Anything else, uh, comments or people looking forward, things you want to try, great ideas moving forward? I found just um, setting two formative assignments in the very beginning of the year or beginning of the semester, first thing, make sure that they know how to upload a video, make a video for, for them, especially if you're getting some transfer students. I mean, that should be a lot easier this semester, but of course our Blackboard didn't update and so the whole thing looks different. So the first time I went on this this semester to do it, the you know the upload stuff is in different places. So I just have that as a first first assignment, two minute or three minute introduction video and a two or three minute screen share, so they know that they can go into the large screen when they share. And it's just about basically for me to learn about them, for other students to engage with with videos. Um, so I just basically just copy that over and I have made um, videos of how to upload videos. Um, and the other thing that I learned from this collaborative that I'm um, carrying over is I made a detailed 30 minute video on our lesson plan template for, uh, for our department. And I highlight things and I give examples and I show examples of good lesson plans and I have a section in there about how to write objectives. And so for certain classes where I expect them to already know that, I start off with, if you don't know what I'm talking about, today you need to go in and watch that video. And then I just had a, I watched the video myself in time stamped areas. Like if you need to skip two objectives, go to minute 12, 10, 
And then if you need to look at secondary lesson plan, go into, you know, 18 minutes and 30 seconds. And so they can just go through and I have it embedded in Blackboard. So I just copy it over to every single course every semester. And that, uh, that allowed me actually to be able to teach a lot more of lesson planning in the lower division uh, classes uh, because they could continuously go over that video. That's an excellent idea, Risto. I am going to steal that as well with the lesson plan overview. Not my idea. Learned it from the collaborative. <laughs> Another thing too, and I, I, that I also for I had discussion posts, and but I offered a live discussion. You, I gave an either or for each week, so they could either do the discussion or they can show up me with me at a certain time, and I had it at the same time every week, and we just talked about the chapter. And, and this was a more fitness based course. Um, but they really like that having that option. Well, I can't, I have to work this week. And sometimes they would come and just, we just chatted. I just had bullet points. Talk to me about what you read about X or Y. And it gave them an alternative. And I had some students really thank me for that. Any other kind of moving forward tech ideas? Um, um, I saw, I just had a question. I was wondering if Kim would mind sharing how she manages and how her speed dating activity works. I can't unmute. There we go. <laughs> um, sure. So what I do is um, they're, they'll come to class just like this, and then I don't have them set in groups, but I'll hit the breakout and it goes random, and I'll put them in like four groups of four so they can talk, and then they'll just they'll and put, give them in a bunch of groups, and then they have a topic that they have to talk about, or they have like in the beginning of the semester, like early now, they have to introduce themselves to each other um, and talk about you know whatever, and then they get like you know, enough five minutes or something, they come back to class. And then as soon as they all get back, I hit it again and they mix up and go again. And then they come back and I mix it up and go again. Now I may not do it too many times, but I might do that several days in a row before we start class. And then there's times where I'll just do it like in the middle to break it up or something. And I've done it like before with one class because they won't say anything. One of the things I missed was the chatter coming in the doors. Always everybody's on mute. So on some of them, while I'm waiting on them to check in, I'll just put them in breakout rooms then until everybody gets checked in so that they're at least talking to somebody, you know, and then bring them back and start. So, but that's how I did the speed dating just through the, the uh, rooms. I have definitely found too, Kim, that, that much like what you're saying that students are more willing to open up and engage and talk in breakout rooms than they are in like the, the general uh, Zoom meeting. Um, when, when I've tried to do like full class, full class discussions, even with like 10 students in a class, it's crickets. But when I break them out into breakout rooms and then I can kind of pop from room to room and just sit in for a minute, ask a question or two and then pop out, um, they seem to have much better dialogue. All right. Any last uh, comments or? We're not rushed here, but um, okay. Well, um, I think I'm gonna we'll call it for today. We're actually just about ready on time with the hour and fifteen. Um, as one of the representatives of the Peak Collab, we want to thank you for coming and sticking with us. And um, I can tell you that there's a lot. We're hoping a lot of good stuff to come. We've kind of planned out some really great speakers and topics, and we're always trying to mix it up, whether it's a blend of research or practical talk like this. And um, as just a member of the community, I couldn't be more thankful myself. And I'm, I'm usually not the one talking. So I really um, thank you all for coming and um, sharing. 
And um, I hope you have a great semester and keep in touch. And hopefully we'll see you next month. Thanks, everybody. Next meeting is on the 11th on uh, February 11th on Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern. So share that, share that information. And if you have colleagues that didn't get the email this week or, you know, people that aren't getting our emails, just uh, shoot us an email or contact any of the Peak Collaborative members. We'll get you on there.